Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 22 of It Was All a Stream. I'm your host, Chris Sachs, alongside my cousin, Neil Carroll. Welcome back. Episode 22. Man, feels like yesterday. I know, right? Episode 22, and we've got episode 7 of WandaVision to talk about. Yeah. Which gave us a ton of reveals and answers, but still leaves a lot of questions unanswered. A lot of questions, and I have definite opinions about this. So, as we do, I think because there was so much that happened in this episode, I am going to refer to our friendly Wikipedia WandaVision page, give you the summary real quick, and then we are going to dive into everything. Episode 7, Breaking the Fourth Wall. In the mid to late 2000s settings, Wanda decides to have a day to herself, and Agnes agrees to babysit Tommy and Billy. Wanda sees various parts of her house constantly changing and is unable to control them. Vision wakes up to find the sword agents inside the boundary are now members of a circus. He releases Darcy from the spell, and she tells Vision about his death and the events that led to the current situation. Outside of Westview, Monica and Jimmy meet with loyal sword personnel and obtain a vehicle that should be able to cross the barrier. When this is unsuccessful, Monica decides to enter herself. She passes through the static wall and emerges with seemingly heightened vision. When Monica confronts Wanda, Agnes tells Monica to leave and takes Wanda to her house. Wanda looks for the boys in the basement and discovers a strange lair. Agnes introduces herself as Agatha Harkness and reveals that she is also a witch. It was Agatha who sent Wanda the Pietro imposter and also killed Sparky R.I.P. And finally, there was a commercial during the program that advertises Nexus antidepressants. Yes, all that happened. Uh, all of that. What do we get into first? You know, let's all right. Let, let's talk about what we know or knew to be true. We knew um, that this was a strain on uh, Wanda. We knew the. Uh, hex was expanding and that that was you know causing issues with different people in there and that we were going to come to a head which we did we knew that there was some force at work we find out it's ag uh agatha harkness but here's my issue we also knew that uh the agent was going to end up with powers and i called it by going through that third time I was like, that's right. how it's going to happen because it's right. changing her DNA. The hex is having an effect. So I don't think she's going to be the only one that that hex DNA effect is going to happen to. Possibly. Possibly. Um, let's jump right in with probably like the, the sickest thing and work backwards. Like, was I the only one? Uh, I When they do the whole thing and the the theme song to agatha and she's like it was agatha and I killed all the, along it was agatha all along 
And then she's like, and I killed the dog. I felt bad, but I was like, <laughs> I like that was like crazy. I mean, it, was, it was a great little like a little know, like snippet. Make her even more villainy type thing. Right. Yeah. And she delivers it so well. Like that oh, is so another good. reason I love that actress. Yes, Catherine Hahn is oh. brilliant. Um, absolutely I, love that actress. Yeah, so that was really a, one of the things that we knew. So, like, it, let's let's go over the things that we knew were right. eventually going to be revealed. One, like you mentioned, we knew that Monica Rambo was going to get her powers in this show. You deduced that it was going to come from going through the barrier. Again, and because it was already changing her DNA. So we knew that she was going to become whatever she is. That she's gone by a bunch of names. Photon, Spectrum, even Miss, uh, even Captain Marvel. So, you know, she's got her powers now. That's, right. that's pretty set. That was something that everyone expected because everyone knew who she was from the comics. Agnes being Agatha Har- Harkness. We knew that she was most likely Agatha Harkness. We don't know what her underlying motivations are, but like we knew that was a reveal as well. I think what's cool though, is despite these, like it was still awesome, you know, despite knowing what was going to happen, they were still great reveals. It didn't like, you know, maybe they weren't shocking twists or anything, but they were still enjoyable and, and, and still entertaining and everything. Absolutely. Because we'd been waiting for it. We've been um, waiting, and they delivered it well. Now, I another thing that we kind of theorized was, and, and this is more of a simple one, but um, Hayward, they kind of they confirmed that he's after Vision's body, which is something right. that we were talking about last week. Um, do you think he has any other alternative motives? Do you think this is just it, or do you think he's you know it goes <sighs> deeper than that? Well, I think it probably, I mean, again, depending on how much longer we have, I think so it we probably have two goes more episodes and mm-hmm. it's, I believe it's rumored. I don't know if it's confirmed yet that this next episode that we're getting is going to be 47 minutes long. Okay. So we're getting almost 20 minutes more um, of right. an episode for this one. And I would imagine if this episode um, eight, is a longer episode. I would imagine, imagine episode nine is also a longer episode. I agree. I think that's probably the case. Um, however, if this is a limited series and they're going to wrap it up in these last two episodes, I don't think we can go that much deeper. I think we're, we're going to spend a lot of time with Agatha. Agatha. We're going to find out if Mephisto is her power source and leading her in, in that direction. Um, and we're going to not necessarily wrap up that storyline, but find out how that storyline fits in with the rest of the Marvel universe. I think that's the mission of the next two episodes. His storyline, I think he's played his role. Like his, his role is, you know, look, I'm a fact finder. I'm a data collector. I need to know, I need to weaponize these things and figure out how they can be used uh, for the war machine. So I think he's just carrying out his mission. Not that it's bad or that the character isn't developed well, but I, I just don't see there's much more anywhere else to go. Yeah, I think there's only so many more like twists and ulterior motives that they can 
cram into this. We still right. just just thinking off the top of my head, we still now need a full answer to who Pietro is because we know that Agatha sent him there. So Correct. maybe that was what we were talking about, where he's just some random person who had a similar death and just happens to be uh, being played by the Fox actor. Um, you have, what does he do with Monica Rambo? Cause we had that cut scene where he stumbles upon her trying to, you know, get into the house. Right. We have, what are Agatha's motives? You know, she's okay. She's revealed that she's a witch and she's behind everything. Why? What has she done with Tommy and Billy? Um, are we still going to get Mephisto? What is, what's the vision in all of this? What's vision going to do? And um, there was one more thing that I listed so many things. I think I forgot. So we'll probably get back to it. We'll probably get back to it. But my thing is this, do you think Tommy and Billy ever come back or does she announce to her they were just a figment and that's how we get rid of them? I don't know. So like they are pulling from the comics, obviously in the comics, we, we went over this in our preview episode. I did like way too much deep diving and research into this, but Tommy and Billy were actually in the comics conjured by Mephisto. Right. For his own motives, whatever they were. And then once he cruelly takes them away from her cruelly and i think i think that's the direction like i hate to say it but like that's where we should go because i don't know how we put those kids in the overall marvel universe like we've got so much going on already we don't have time to now add two kids that are just going to yeah, get lost in the mix you know what they're they're doing they're casting a lot of quote unquote young avenger characters throughout other uh other projects like they right. have the um america chavez is going to be in the doctor strange movie coming up you have um kate bishop in hawkeye that's coming up obviously right. these two um i think there were a couple more that i'm that i not thinking of off the top of my head but you kind of get the idea it kind of seems like they're trending towards a young avengers some property whether right. it's a movie or or a series who knows but uh, that would kind of make sense too because maybe you get like uh, even though this does appeal to a universal audience all of these shows like you might be able to get a more younger skewed audience um doing something like that i don't know um that's one way to go i mean i just think i think it's it takes greater minds than i've got to figure that out absolutely i mean that's that's going to be a tough sell the other thing is you know we talked about vision so it's fun him and kat dennings making their way through the circus and obviously now she seems to have powers uh right so we'll deal with that as well of down the line but it was all very the office breaking the fourth wall, being interviewed. Yep. Um, the office modern reacting. family was very much modern family, like kind of alluded to as well and influenced. So it's, it's, it was a clever episode. 
it accomplished a great deal. He eventually is like, well, forget this. I'm just going to fly back because she keeps throwing obstacles in the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pietro, you know, like you mentioned, dealing with uh, catching her, trying to get into the basement. I think we're going to find out once and for all about his conjuring and what, what that's all about. Yes. Because obviously it's not... <sighs> Let, you know what? Let, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my opinion. That's the I think the the thing people will disagree with most. Let's just jump jump into this. Let's do it. Let you know I'm I'm not gonna nitpick scene by scene. I'm just gonna say this. I was upset because I knew Agatha was coming. You know, it, it was strange the way they played her out and and the things she did. Um, you know. I, I like I, if they want to make Agatha the big bad and not bring Mephisto, you know, that's fine. There's a way to do that too. But I, I think they took a lot of uh, Elizabeth Olsen's, you know, Wanda's power away, like the power of the character, not the superpower yeah. by saying, Oh, well, it's me all along. I did everything. Like right. and I get and that's it. where we need to figure out is right. how much of it we need to figure out what the dynamic is because that still hasn't yeah. been answered. Like, I feel like they, they, they kind they of took, show you know, little tidbits of where she influenced and even some of those like didn't make too much sense to me. Like the whole right. like magic show thing with the rat. Like I didn't get what she did there. There were certain yeah. things where they just kind of threw it in to make it seem like she did way more than she actually did. Um, obviously, Pietro makes sense and her right. kind of. Um, I guess instigating good those right. little things made sense, right? But you know what the neighbor. is? We just need to know what the grand plan mm. is. Like you have we gone out of your plan. way to influence Wanda into stealing Vision's body, taking over a whole town, and turning it into this world. And then you're poking the bear to like have it all fall apart. In but order they took to do away. What? By doing it this way, they took away her cojones. Like, it, I I think it would have been a better, more interesting, more devious uh, storyline if Wanda bargained with these people, like we thought. If yeah. she was like, "I'm gonna go steal Vision's body. We're gonna take over this town, and you're gonna give me this, or you're gonna enhance my power, or you're gonna do something." Like, so I can have a normal life by doing this. It's like, oh, well, you know, like I liked the idea. We talked about it, too, uh, in a previous episode. I like the idea of she made a quote unquote deal with the devil. Right. For certain things like to bring vision back and stuff like that, because kind of like we said, she doesn't have the power to bring life back. So how, how is Vision alive? Like, is that how she did it? She made a deal with the devil? Right. I guess that's still open. Um, and maybe, like, Mephisto had Agatha come ruin things because that's what always happens when you make a deal with the devil. It never goes the way that you actually intended. There's always a price Correct. to pay. Yeah, there's um, always some unintended price. So, you know, maybe that's what was going on. I don't know. Like we have to, there's going to be still a ton of answers left. I do like, however, how appropriately they did her like kind of, they really made her like a witch. Yes. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's, you know, 
lures the kids into the home. She might have turned them into like a rabbit and a and a cicada or something because that's what was being shown when Wanda right, was looking for right. her kids. Oh, they're in the basement. Like, what happened to them? Like, that's very like witchy. Oh, the other thing that I wanted an answer to was the book. We need to know what that book is as well. There was that book that they showed, and right. it was kind of like glowing and stuff. Um, that was interesting. We need to see what that is. And here's a big thing that we can talk discuss. Apparently, remember when we were saying um Elizabeth Olsen had given an interview saying, oh, there was going to be like a Luke Skywalker level reveal. Yes. And we were like, oh, was Pietro it? Do we know? Right. Apparently, Paul Bettany did an interview recently where they were asking him questions that he really couldn't answer. But Uh he did say he got to work with, and I don't know the quote, I'm I'm just paraphrasing here. He got to work with an actor that is going to, shock people that he's always wanted to work with and that hasn't been revealed yet so i think that is going to be the big luke skywalker level reveal who do we think this is all right let's all right first the book i think that might have to do with like book of the dead the devil's book Mm -hmm. that kind of thing so i think that's where that's going spell book i think that's where we're heading yeah, I think um, Mephisto is still largely in play. Largely in play. Um, the actor that has not yet been revealed, I'm going to interpret not been revealed as not been in the, this phase of the Marvel world, but has maybe played a Marvel character in the past. Could be. So if, if we go by that logic, we've got any of the Fantastic Four movies, if they're going to try and bring them in, mm-hmm. which, you know, so I don't think Paul Bettany has ever like dreamed of acting with Jessica Alba or Eon right. Gruffold or whatever his name is. Um, so I don't think it's them. Michael Chiklis, genius, but, you know, the commish, but I don't think that's him either. <sighs> You've got Blade, but I don't think I don't think uh, I don't know if they're putting a... Wesley Snipes in. Well, in the end, that's he's already been recast. They have he's already been Mahersha, recast. Mahershala right. Ali. So what do we think? I mean, I, but that's how I I'm wonder. Here's my uh, here's here's what I wonder. Yeah. Um, because again, they said that this was going to be Luke Skywalker level reveal. It's Go someone ahead. that they haven't worked with yet. Right. We don't know if it's a uh, Marvel character that already existed or if it's going to be a new one, right? Right. What if it's one of either um, Ian McClellan as Magneto okay. or Patrick Stewart as Professor X? All right. Both of those actors. And they would be are, actors, of course, that Paul Bettany would, would want act to with. work with. Yes. Like, not just because like, not just because they're all English, but he they're tremendously talented so yeah that makes sense that makes sense and then Um, it would be huge too the the other question that that people are theorizing is you know they people were thinking that the person that monica was going to meet up with was reed richards okay did that like oh and it ended up being like some nobody but they talk about like the technology and there was a special like engineer that created this vessel and the whole thing 
was that Reed Richards? Like people are thinking that Reed Richards is still somehow connected to sword and the interdimensional. It would make sense. Um, do we think like people are wondering, Oh, are we going to get a Reed Richards appearance in this? Like, I think that's very hopeful, but I think maybe down the line they could, I don't know, through retcon or if they've planned it, they could make it so that, yeah, he was the one who sent that Rover to them. He created it for them and stuff like for that. The space mission, it, it, that. It would line up. It would make sense. He'd be the it mind would absolutely behind line that. up. Well, all right. So then I'm, I'm all for that. Like I'm for introducing the first family of comics. I'm all for the, the fantastic four coming back in and I'm going to say getting the play and respect they deserve, but that's not taking anything away from the Jessica Alba movie movies. Cause I enjoyed them for what they, they were, were in the time they came out. They were yeah. perfectly serviceable. They were fine. So that's not to take away from them. Um, all things in perspective. I think you're probably closer to the mark or, or I think it would feel more star Wars, uh, Luke Skywalkery if it's Ian McClellan or Patrick Stewart. However, yeah. I think, I think it probably fits a little bit better if it's Reed Richards. Now what actor, let's say it's Reed Richards. What actor? Who knows? Because well, we're going to get into be much older than Paul of... Bettany. We're going to get into a bit of rolling or trolling. Yeah. Um, that there are some casting rumors. Some casting for Fantastic rumors. Four. Uh, see, Not that. for yeah. Reed Richards, but there are some rumors. Okay. So we'll because get here's in, the thing. into that in rolling or trolling. In, in real life, like not in actor world, but in real life, like Paul Bettany and a, a Reed Richards would essentially be the same age in, in reality. Yeah. You can't, you yeah. can't have a 60 a year old Reed Richards. 40s. You know, he was the father. He was the, you know, they were older. Yes. So late 30s, 40s, that's the thing. Um, and people have long, like, theorized. Kind of requested for requested. John Krasinski and uh, Emily, Emily Blunt to be right. Reed Richards and, and Sue Storm. Which is um, accessible. That's fine. Yeah, that's which is fine. But again, like, they're around the same age. So I don't know if, I, I wonder if it is like a Magneto or a Professor X just because, like, the way that he answered that makes it seem like, you know, it's an older actor kind of that, that he, he grew up watching that he admires. Yeah. Or the other thing could be maybe it's whoever's playing Mephisto that we don't know yet. Maybe it's a big name that we don't know. A lot of people are like, oh, what is it going to be uh, Al Pacino playing the devil? I So here's <laughs> the thing. A, Al Pacino would be great. Here is the actor I think would blow everybody's mind. Okay. But he, but he's, he's retired from acting. He's been having some struggles with uh, Alzheimer's oh. from what I, from what I hear. Yeah. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. If Jack he would Nicholson be unbelievable in any Marvel movie, but oh. I, he can't, you know, unfortunately no, know, he can't do it anymore it yeah. sucks you need to lock in for like five series oh or God. movies and everything that would be but incredible. that would be tremendous um i would yeah i'd i'd dig that i'd go in for that um and that would be on that level too but i here's my thing long and short of it excellent episode they're doing an amazing job everything is working it's clicking but i this is the first episode where i was like oh at the end of it 
Yeah. At the end of every other episode, I'm like, oh my God. At this one, I was like, well, I mean, okay, I get that. And it's like, oh, haha, she threw in that thing about the dog and all that. But I was like, oh, because I wanted, I wanted Wanda to be like, in charge like tough you know yeah. and, and there's and still an opening takes... for that there's still an opening for that but right now yeah. it's it's kind of taken away a little bit so we have to see kind of how that plays out yeah well that's it we got to see how that plays out i just you know th- there's a road to it i just thought we were getting there a different by a different path so yes we'll see. because then you know if she isn't this powerful as powerful as it seemed like then that kind of takes away some of the House of M aspects and the potential of create her creating mutants and and the whole thing, right? Exactly. Um, and I and I think I think this mutant thing is now inevitable. If they if they come out of this without opening the door to the mutant problem, uh, then I it's just then they've wasted an opportunity. It's fair. It's fair. Um, Let's quickly, uh, before we wrap up with WandaVision, let's talk yeah. a little bit about the commercial, the, oh, sure. the Nexus antidepressants. And I just right. want to read you from uh, the Marvel database on fandom. Uh, they have a little definition of Nexus beings in the Marvel universe. They are rare individual entities with the ability to affect probability and thus the future thereby altering the flow of the universal time stream correct so scarlet witch is really the the biggest one of those characters it seems like um so you know that sounds like a pretty powerful person and they're alluding to it in the commercial Uh, and you know all of the commercials so far that we've seen relate in some way to Wanda. So I think, you know, again, like you said with, Oh, you're not sure if it's going to be like her powers being taken away. I, right. I, I don't know if that's fully going to be the case. I think she's been manipulated, but I don't know if that means that she like didn't have the power that we think she has. I agree. I mean, so look, you've got, <sighs> the highest like or or most powerful race of creatures uh, arguably in the marvel universe are like the celestials the watchers and i guess the these nexus creatures right you know which are kind of uh, humanoid uh beings etc etc on earth and all that um the so like there was all that talk which i thought was adorable and i like in my heart i i this is what i subscribe to that stanley was like he was the one of the watchers and that's why he appeared in all of these uh, um you know that that was oh, the cool. explanation of his cameo yeah cuz he's like he's checking in on the universes and right, all right, that right. So he was one of the watchers so i like that i dig that um but they're, you know, they're like an, a race of extraterrestrial creatures and so on. And then the Celestials, which we're, we're getting to and we saw kind of we're gonna see in the ego and, yep. and the Eternals. Right. So, I, you know, I that makes perfect sense. And, and we're definitely getting more and more. Um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
cosmic with this phase of Marvel. I'm all for it. I'm glad she's a character that has that kind of power um, and will fit into that mold. But don't fall down the Superman rabbit hole. Where uh, she becomes too, too powerful. Where it's like you're writing yeah. for Jesus. What do you do? How do you, what's the weakness? What do you, that's the problem. You, you need, like, don't get too powerful. They did it already with Captain Marvel. Yeah, you know, my you know I like, was giving went there already. I was giving some thought to that though. Like, how much more powerful is she actually than like Thor? Because I've I, I just rewatched the the MCU movies. Um, right. pretty much the, the only one I haven't watched, uh the last one I have is Far From Home, um, the Sp- Spider-Man. Right. So I just rewatched them. And yeah, she like flies through spaceships and and blows them up. But like Thor does yeah. the same thing, and no one complains yes. that he's too powerful. You know what uh, I mean? But, I think it's an interesting there's, like. There's a it's subtle difference. There's somewhat of a difference because she appearance not appearance wise, but as far as her powers go, mm-hmm. they look more similar to a Superman. Right. But I do think that they're pretty like on level together. I Thor uh, and Captain Marvel and Hulk for that matter. I, I disagree. Hulk snapped was able to snap his fingers like Thanos did, and all he did was his arm got messed up. So like he's just as powerful too as those guys. His arm got messed up. Okay, he could not lift the hammer, Hulk. Mm-hmm. Okay, his arm got messed up. He could not lift the hammer. He is a rage monster so part of his strength is his weakness yeah. his rage so okay maybe that's and he can be influenced yeah. the thor of it all the thor of it all like yes he's had three movies to develop as a character so mm-hmm. before the argument comes out and the angry letters roll in like well she's only had one movie let's look at his first movie in his first movie the character loses all his power right okay loses all his power, um, has to learn the meaning of the power. Yeah. And after which, after which still struggles to defeat what appear to be uh, fairly generic villains. Yeah. I think maybe what the problem, like as we're like kind of talking through this and working yeah. through it, yeah. um, what occurs to me is that what, they've done with someone like a Hulk and a Thor while they may be as powerful, they've established weaknesses Mm -hmm. to them in the movies. And with the Captain Marvel movie, you know, they showed her origin story, but in that they did not establish her current weaknesses. They showed what her prior weaknesses were before she discovered the power that she had, but they have now, I guess that's what they'll do in the sequel is now they're going to show what her, who's her match and you know, what, what weaknesses she has that she's going to have to overcome. That kind of seems to make the most sense. Cause like, again, in end game, you know, she, she went up against, against Thanos. She came close to accomplishing what she needed to accomplish, but Thanos still like, brushed her aside yeah correct um okay anyways 
we we went down a rabbit hole. Yes. Let's go to first stream it, skip it, or add it to the watch list. We had Let's two big trailers that came out this past week. The first is Mortal Kombat coming to HBO Max in a couple months. Yes. Mortal Kombat. So I was a Mortal Kombat player, not avid, not like, you know, I was much more of a Street Fighter guy than I was a Mortal Kombat guy. Yep. Um, But loved Mortal Kombat. Uh, The first movie is 1995. All right. Mortal Kombat comes out 1995. Uh, It has sequels. It has video game offshoots from the films, et cetera, et cetera. Here's my take. That was fun and the effects were a little hokey and it was kind of ridiculous. But it's almost like, got like a little bit of like a cult following. That yes, movie. cult following. This trailer hooks me. Okay. Yeah. I'm adding it to the watch list based on the trailer. My uh, reservation is, but I, I can't complain too much because they have the same level just about the same level of fame the actors from from the original at the time of the original and these actors yeah there's really no big name in in this movie. right right and 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 the few that there are um are in the the top tier roles like lord raiden and you know uh i'm, I'm drawing a blank um but like Christopher Lambert was the Highlander and he was Lord Raiden in the original 1995 one. And that was kind of their anchor. Um, which goes to show the kind of movie that was. I mean, I love him. Right. But he didn't set the world on fire. Um, so I'm going to see this. I'm adding it to the watch list. I think it's going to be fun. I don't think you have to be a Mortal Kombat like enthusiast to enjoy this based on the trailer. I think if you know the story, you're going to get all the hints and stuff that they were dropping. If you don't, I think you're going to have fun based off what I saw. But I think they missed an opportunity to kind of throw in some fame. Although, and tell me what you think about this. Did they want to go more unknown so that they didn't fall down the G.I. Joe rabbit hole? Potentially, that's not a bad call. I... I hopefully they did this right and they focused on the fun and absurdity of Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. and like it seemed like they really leaned into it because you saw some of the the finish finish him moves and, yes and stuff like that which were really cool and that's what people are going to watch it for right. I mean would it be awesome to see like I don't know someone we know doing a finisher like yeah probably Absolutely. um like even people that I think would be perfect for something like even like the the wrestlers like a that turned actor like if you had a Rock or John Cena or uh, a Dave Batista in Definitely. one of these roles like those guys would be really good in something like this but then again like you said GI Joe I think they brought in the Rock at one point and they did I don't know. I don't know. And how like they had Bruce Willis and everything. And like what I meant by that was it, it kind of took you out of it. Right. right. It's like it was like they were throwing you know, a big name in there thinking it right. was going to fix it when really it was the, the 
script than the it movie. It wasn't that a G.I. Joe movie yeah. anymore. It was yeah. like, now it's a rock movie. Um, how about Cruella? Cruella. I, here's what places me in a, in a pickle. Um, I love Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. absolutely love Emma Stone I feel like she's wasting her time um, with whoever she's with right now because uh, we'd be soulmates but uh, having said that this is a film no one asked for mm-hmm. it it sounded interesting you know they're lean it seems like they're leaning into the uh, she's got a rather serious mental disorder that is making her crazy and like they were you know i think one of the lines in the thing is like some people are born bad and all that so it's very surprisingly dark and and it's shocking when you think about it 101 dalmatians is extremely dark too it's about a someone who's trying to kill a bunch of dogs for that's my point that's (laughs) my point so for me to say you know it's surprisingly dark for a film that's generally about skinning Dalmatians is saying something. Uh, what I noticed though, was there was not a lot of dog play. No, in the there trail. was not. So well, I you, believe this is know, an origin quote unquote, I guess. So like, why do we care? Is my know. point. You know what that's, I mean? That's, Fair. I think this is like a weird choice for Emma Stone and Emma Stone doesn't yeah. normally like choose bad choices. movies you know like she doesn't usually choose a movie that's like like she's uh, not like taking yeah. the money even though she knows it's crap right. I agree the, there so like that makes me think, oh, maybe this is going to be better than like some of the other live action Disney remakes that they've done. Um, but then again, looking at the history of the Disney live actions, they're not great. Um, at least this is more original. This isn't just mm. a, a shot for shot live action remake of, of sure. a cartoon we've already seen. Um, so I'll put I... it on my watch list. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to put it on my watch list and I'm going to predict that this will be Emma Stone's witches. Like Anne Hathaway's witches, which was like, you know, it had a following the original people were like, Oh, which I was one of those. We talked about it on the show. I was like, I can't wait. This is going to be witches esque. I fear. It's going to be darker. I think it's going to be taken a little bit more serious, but I think she's going to do a great job. Emma Stone's excellent. She's got a lot to live up to because Glenn Close is amazing in anything. Like, Glenn well, that's Close the other thing too. Was is, Glenn Close has set a high bar as well, which I think you know Emma super Stone high bar. Is, is the same caliber yeah. um, actor as as Glenn Close. So okay. we'll see. We'll see. It's watch on the list. watch list. On the watch list. On to rolling or trolling. Oh. Yes. First, Neil, this is more up your alley. There is a confirmed Constantine series coming to HBO Max from J.J. Abrams Production Company that will focus more on the horror aspects of the character um, and 
they will be recasting the role of Constantine. Uh, it will not be a previous Constantine that we've seen. Sorry, Keanu fans. I, I think it's a mistake. I mean, look, I, I like... I like the idea. Um, I, I like that world. I like the kind of demonology and, you know, oh, like what, what we're dealing with with uh, WandaVision. It's like Mephisto and he's going to mm-hmm. bring all that kind of evil and all that stuff. Like that, that was a fun world. Angels and demons and all that stuff. It was a very fun world to live in. I think they are blowing a golden opportunity. Keanu and the, the Keanuessance is happening. We're living in the Keanuessance. He's got the John Wick series that's uh, setting the world on fire. He's got nothing to do. Like everybody's sitting at home. Why not put him to work on a series? I feel like he has a lot to do. And that's it's like, that's sorry to jump in. and no, interrupt. Go, go, go. I would imagine that they probably at least explored the idea of bringing him back. And he's right. like, I've got so much better stuff on my plate. Why am I going to come back and do this? I guess that's what I, I think. mean. Well, well then I, I don't want to believe that. Like I, you're probably right. I just, I wish it was not the case. Yeah. The, the Constantine they went to uh, in the series I don't remember his name. Yep. It's not a major thing. Um, he was more like the comic book character. The character was English. He, you know, uh, surly and everything else. But for an American audience, um, that Constantine movie was perfect. Like it was great. It, you know, it was comic booky while also being essentially an exorcism story. Um, Keanu was fun, you know, it was surly enough. So like kids and adults could sit there and not feel uncomfortable, but also get jokes on different levels. Kids were getting something the adults weren't, the adults were getting something the kids weren't. Um, So I think that was a great film. Uh, Tilda Swinton played the angel Gabriel. um, And she's just androgynous in life and played like an androgynous Gabriel, uh, perhaps the best depiction of an angelic otherworldly. She herself is otherworldly. That's fair. That's very fair. Like in the, you know, in the movie, I think she did a great job. So I would have liked to have seen that. I'm going to add this to the, um, I'm going to rather, I'm going to slow roll it because I like the world, but I don't know if I like the direction they're heading. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to reserve my, um, role or troll on this because I don't know enough about it and I'm not a big Constantine guy. So I just kind of, you're not a hard, I neither roll or troll it. It's just, (laughs) I I know it exists. (laughs) Um, continuing. Yes. With some casting news, an actress, Sasha Cali, uh, sorry if I pronounced your last name wrong, has been cast as the DC Extended Universe's Supergirl and will make her first appearance in the upcoming Flash movie. Okay. Neil, are you rolling or trolling? Uh, Not as much with the casting, but with the existence of the character and in the DCEU uh, and 
her first appearance being in the upcoming Flash movie. I'm definitely trolling her appearance in the Flash movie because I think the Flash movie uh, is is you're not going to be the best place to launch something. I, you know, we talked about the uh, Michael Keaton of it all coming out of there, and that's what I like. Don't get don't count your chickens. Like, let's just get Mm -hmm. through that. Um, So they keep adding to it. You know, she's certainly, uh, so I'm trolling that. I think casting her, I'm sure she'll do a tremendous job. She seems to look the part. She's, you know, the the character is stunningly beautiful. She is as well. I think they are going to take the character in a different direction because she's notoriously blonde. Well, you know, there's a hair dye. So, well, there's hair dye, yeah. So they'll they'll have I, to see, you know, if that's I, the way they want to go. I'm d- like, good for her. Make your money. Yeah, like, I'm sure her. she's gonna do great. But uh, as far as you know, the super, I'm trolling anything that continues this universe. <laughs> We've long said just to restart over. Yep. Like, this is just uh, you're just piling on top of something and adding to something that isn't good so yes you know so i'm trolling that aspect of it here's the other part to troll here's the other part to troll 10 years ago i got in a huge conversation with you about the fact that they were wasting the capital these television shows built by ignoring them and casting different people and putting them in the movies. Why are you doing it again? The Supergirl show, I think, you know, I think it's over now, but Melissa Benoist is adorable and charismatic and people love her and they loved her portrayal of the character. It was sweet. It was strong uh, it had its frail moments. Um, what, like, and the guy that played Superman to her Supergirl in that show as a, as a guest every now and yep. again, now has his own show, like his version of Lois and Clark, where Dean Cain, you know, from the nineties, mm-hmm. they're doing, you know, Superman and Lois instead of Lois and Clark. Uh, so like, it's it's happening. the The world that that world is expanding. That world was working. Why will no one learn? Like it just, it's I, I I've given you the tools. You know, build something. Make like I can't. Yeah. You know, DC I can just has too to, many worlds. That's the problem. They just I can have take like you to the river. Different. I can't make you drink. Universes of all their same stuff. But um, but do they really like they don't like they've got TV. And then they've got a failed movie yeah, but burst. They have multiple TV. Like they have the the CW universe. They have the it was now HBO Max where you have like the Titans and Doom Patrol. Yeah. You have them. Yeah. You yeah. have the Burton Batman movies. You have now this DCEU. You have but the just, Nolan but just Batman movies. But the formula is simple. Have, Take what people Joker, want. 
just that standalone movie like Take you're gonna have another people... batman with what's his face what? robert pattinson you're missing the point seven. you're missing you're missing seven different universes you're missing that i just point. listed it's not necessarily seven different universes it's take what people want the cw universe worked people want it every character is beloved everybody's enjoyed here's the question the burton, the burton stuff take from the burton stuff if there is somebody in the dc boardroom that is like why don't we call up one of the characters that was in the schumacher batmans fire him fire him if somebody says the word schumacher and let's cast in the same breath and director schumacher has made some good movies he's passed away rest in peace god bless you but the batman movies were crap uh that's that's a person you need to fire get like i don't i don't understand the problem pick from what works it's like oh we're going to bring back michael keaton we're going to pick up melissa benoist we're going to do this no they just sit around and are like what was beloved since 1939 uh and how can we destroy it (laughs) that's the thing and i feel like they assign people a pen a pad a place to write and that's their mission and they're like Listen, all this was beloved. It was all working. We made millions of dollars. Just break it down. Yeah. Just destroy it. I know. We'll put in the kid from the 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 social network in it. Genius. Promote that man. He'll sit at the head of our boardroom table now. Ha ha. And that like oh, I believe that man <laughs> is creating his own cut of Justice League. So there oh. you go. <laughs> I mean, it just it's just horrible. Let's let's move on to the other side, right. the Marvel world. And I've kind of buried the lead in this rolling or trolling because it is rumored that Jennifer Lawrence has been cast in the upcoming Fantastic Four reboot, presumably as Sue Storm. Jennifer Lawrence. Here's my concern. Uh, Sue Storm it'll require to at some point wear uh, like a motion capture suit so that they can do invisibility stuff Um, I'm sure they'll get a stunt double and all that so like she no longer has to put on the blue paint of Mystique Mm -hmm. Um, she no longer has to put on all the you know rags and and bow and arrow of what's her name from the the, I'm, I'm gonna hunt you movies um and it's so like i get it but the the issue with j-law is that she tends to grow tired of roles that go on okay so i i want someone that's i think she's serviceable don't don't get me wrong but i'm going to i'm going to troll this because i want someone that's like fresh committed to this and wants to do it for a couple of years and like okay. it's going to lean into it. So that's my I'm, only my only reason for trolling. I'm going to roll with it because I think I'm going to cut her some slack for cuz you know there were only what there were four Hunger Games movies. I, mm-hmm. I don't remember right. her complaining about those. Miss uh, her playing Mystique I get four because times. she she played her four times, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it seemed like she knew those movies were starting to suck 
and she was having to do all of that, all that. stuff where she has to wait hours okay. on end to be okay. put in makeup. This, she won't need that uh, at all. I think so like and i think she's a really great actress i think yeah. if you could get her like actually signed it like she hasn't really had the opportunity to be in a big franchise the way that she wants to yet i think i think we've missed or we've been missing that with her where she's tried a couple things and she is a big name and a big talent. And she just hasn't quite stuck the landing yet or found the right fit for herself. She was good mm-hmm. as Mystique. She was good as Certainly. whatever Cat Piss Evergreen. Cat Piss but, Evergreen, right. You know, she she was fine. But like, let's, if she, we could get her in a more iconic role like Sue Storm, like True. that's that's a bigger leap. So I, I'm rolling with it. I also find it interesting, if this is true, because we don't know if it's true yet. I think there's rumors now that um, apparently Marvel is looking for writers for the movie. So that would make it a stretch that they've even cast it yet. Um, so that true. kind of puts those J-Law rumors um, to the side a little bit. But if it is true, I think it finds it interesting because I think if she were to be cast as Sue Storm, I think that completely um, kills the idea that we are going to get a full crossover from the Fox X-Men movies into the MCU. I think they start from scratch with the mutants in the MCU. Correct. Because she can't play two... They're not going to have her play two different people. I agree completely. However, I would have no problem having Rebecca Romaine come back well, and do anything. Yeah, that's true too. Anytime for any amount she <laughs> want, they want to pay her. I would Con- support a tax subsidy to bring her back. <laughs> Continuing. Yes. Um, some more Marvel news. This one I isn't that big. Uh, the rights to... The Punisher and Jessica Jones have now officially reverted back to Marvel. They could do whatever they want with those characters now. They're not stuck just making TV or or whatever it is. Um, Those are a little bit darker characters for the MCU um, and darker storylines. I don't know if we're going to see them for a while, Um, but they've gone back to Marvel now. Yeah, I'll roll with that. Um. Okay, here's one. The Russo brothers, in Hello. an interview, uh, have confirmed that calling back to Endgame and the questions of how Cap was there and was able to grow old and live this life without changing the timeline and the whole thing. The Russo brothers have confirmed that Cap created his own branch, quote unquote, in the timeline. Okay to live his married life with Peggy before then returning to the actual MCU timeline and bringing back the shield. So it wasn't that he went back in time, lived his life and then showed up old at the end of that movie, which seemed like what was happening. What he actually did was because how they explain it in Endgame is that when you change something in the past, it doesn't change the future. It just creates a new 
branch changes well, an alternate timeline so that's what people were pissed that as well that's what people were pissed about was like they go through all this explaining and then right. at the end how is cap there without changing what happened so right. they explained it they said what cap did and i know this is tough just if you're not an audio learner this is tough so what cap did was he created his new branch in the timeline played that out and then went back to the original timeline and while he grew old that timeline now no longer existed so he got to live his life but then because he went back in time it was like no time had passed okay and but he remains old but he remains old because he lived all that time in this new timeline okay so which I'm roll I'm just gonna say I'm rolling with this because I've been wondering like why the heck what that like what can, the deal was with that and I think this is actually a good explanation that I hadn't thought of before. Um, I think this is a good explanation to that plot hole that they had at the end of Endgame. I I agree. That's satisfactory to me. Yep. Yep. I'm satisfied with the, that the, answer. I have one. There's a the only issue. Is that he would have to age like a normal human being? Because essentially, it was still only fifty years. Yeah, but he, so he goes back, right? He's in the whatever the fifty. Well, he goes back 40? to the forties. He goes back to the forties. Yeah. He lives, and he's you know what, late twenties, early thirties at that time. Maybe I don't know well, what he is. Probably, he goes know. back marries peggy he comes now to it's now 20 at that time 17 so that's what that's 60 years basically no more than 60 years that's like 80 80. years yeah it's like 80 years so he'd be 90 but he'd be more than 90 he'd be over he was in his teens so he'd be over 100 he wasn't in his teens he was he was well past his teens he was probably at least in his 20s so he's well over 100 but at least he looks like an an 80 80 year old old. so i think that still fits like i'll accept that sir his slow aging process i think still fits with him are a better writer than the dc right now i accept your analysis I appreciate that. Rolling. Um, okay. God, more rabbit. We're going to go down so many, so many rants and rabbit holes with this rolling or trolling. Um, we are reportedly still getting a Ryan Johnson Star Wars trilogy. Uh, that sucks. I'm trolling. I don't even care. I don't want to know. Don't even finish the story. Don't tell me what the trilogy is going to be about. We don't know anything, but it's just confirmed that he's, it's still being worked on. Yeah. You know why that that's confirmed because he doesn't know what the hell he's working on. Cause he's going to show up and, and just take whatever the script is and throw it out and be like, Oh, somebody laid out a nice plan and this will work and it'll, it fits in and it has everything everybody loves. No, throw it out. You know where he came from? Here's, here's the thing about what you just said. What? Because I know that's like a shot at like, oh, there was a big grand plan for that new trilogy and he ruined it. 
there and it's been documented there was yeah. literally no plan movie to movie for that trilogy jj no... abrams wrote the first movie yes. and said here go for it but there was an obvious to whoever the follower was going to be there was an obvious path to follow and he did not follow it there was an obvious path. there wasn't they didn't make oh, one was an they literally path. didn't make they, one just because they didn't write it down they were planning does not mean... movie to movie watch the first movie it's, it was an obvious route. Oh, the obvious route was to recreate Empire Strikes Back because that I, was the route of you, Force Awakens. Shut your saucy mouth, okay? First, that's a genius idea. It works, number one, because everybody loved A New Hope. Everybody loved <laughs> Force Awakens. They, it, it, they, Everyone was filled with joy. And then the second one, first... Let's just let's just I think everyone was more I think everyone was more excited Uh, that Star Wars was was back back. for Force Awakens than they liked Force Awakens. Like I liked Force Awakens. I wouldn't say I loved it, but I was more excited, like, oh, we've got Star Wars back. Where I was able to excuse the fact that they just recreated a new hope. Um, I was like, okay, I'm fine with this. Like I'm glad I'm back with these people and in this world agreed that did it more service than it actually like being some unbelievable revelation of a movie no it wasn't a revelation and i just recently rewatched uh star wars's uh four five and six plus rogue one um so the like those movies revelations excellent rogue one probably better than all three of the new trilogy films however there is a, a, a method of storytelling that like writers and authors and everybody follows, which is you have a rise, you have a fall yes. in the center and you have a rise again. Yes. So it, you, you You're make your snarky comments. Making a, a, an argument for the last Jedi, but go ahead. I, I'm, the only argument that fits that for the last Jedi is that it sucked so bad that it was a low point <laughs> in film history. But what I'm saying, you were like, oh, well, just recreate Empire Strikes Back. But yes, you have have something where it's like noticeably they've made some comeback. Oh. I mean, listen, every just... story follows a tra- trajectory of a rise and fall, but doing it the same exact way that a previous movie movie did is different. Like, I know the connection you're trying to make with that, but it's that like, Oh, every movie is the same movie because they all do the same thing, but like, no, not necessarily every movie, but like in, in the star Wars trilogy, it wasn't necessarily that each movie had that. It's that the three movies were that the first was the rise. The second was the fall. The third was the rise. Like in this trilogy, they didn't necessarily, it was just a hot mess. And then the third one had to retcon all the missteps from the second one and they jammed too much in. I have, I'm trolling it. He, he, he needs to stop making films. I roll with Ryan Johnson. I roll with the Go last Jedi. Become an accountant. I'm going to continue on with rolling or trolling because we'll save one day. We are just going to do a special episode where we just discuss. Star the Wars. last Jedi, the and, last Jedi. The, and the I'm new trilogy. Like, we need to do that and we need to Dude. hash out everything because Listen, man. it's going to be, it's going to be something we like might 
have uh, we uh, might have uh, to like take a break after that podcast. take a hiatus <laughs> from each other pack a lunch brah because i have things to say go ahead um okay the board game clue is becoming an animated series developed in development with fox uh no okay trolling I'll, because I'll roll with it because i think i like mystery things i think if they do that right that could be fun how are you going to do it for like let's say that runs for three years how you the know, same person keeps dying know. in the thing go ahead carry on let's go trolling last outrageous. one we are getting a live action wednesday adam series from netflix and tim burton what i love the adams family I love the Addams Family. I grew up watching uh, reruns of the original show with Sean Astin's father playing Gomez Adams. Um, I love the movies with Angelica Houston and Raul Julia. That was one of our first um, suggested for use. Yes, it was. I think he is pure genius. But what is the story we're telling? It's live action, so it's not cartoon. Uh, is, is Wednesday Adams like going to college and we're following her there? Or is she still it's like reportedly going to be a coming of age story, a coming of age in the Adams family house. We it's, this is a misfire. It's a misfire. And, and, and someone has to stop the madness. Like, like here's the problem. These people Again, I'll go back to DC. These people that were at the DC roundtable, they're all employing each other. And they've started now a network of hate. And they're just fueling the destruction of cinema and television. And it has to stop. It has to stop. Uh, yeah, I'm going to troll it. I don't need it. Um, okay. So that will end rolling or trolling for the week. Okay. Let's get into our suggestions from last week. Yeah. Um, this being the last week of Black History Month, we decided to discuss and sh suggest uh, projects largely based on either Black history or uh, projects that had predominantly Black casts and creators and crew members and, and the like. Um, Neil, you suggested to me Hidden Figures. I suggested to you the TV series The Wire. Yes. Um, I kind of want to save what you think about The Wire for last. Okay. If you don't mind. Sure. So, Hidden Figures. Let's talk about it. Definitely a feel-good story. Oh, yes. In the vein of something that I know it wasn't made by Disney, but it's very appropriate that Disney acquired a oh, movie absolutely. like this. Um, I, you know, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I thought there were a ton of names in this movie. Yes. Um, you had Taraji P. Henson, Octavia Spencer, uh, Janelle Monet, Kevin Costner, Kirsten Dunst, Jim Parsons, Mahershala Ali, Aldous Hodge, Glenn Powell, even some of those names that, like, if you saw them, you'd be like, you'd oh, yeah, them, I, yeah. I, rec I recognize that guy, that guy, that guy. Um, so I was very surprised by that. Um, I think that 
in a way the movie kind of suffers from the amount of names and people are in it really so to give context for those of you who have not seen this movie and i guess i'm spoiling it for you too so maybe watch it before we listen to this part i don't know i'm i'm gonna be spoiling so if hopefully you either don't intend on watching it or you skip over this part until you see it so this movie is based on a true story. It follows three women that work for NASA um, in different capacities. Um, the, the main character of which, uh, Catherine G. Johnson, played by Taraji P. Henson, um, she is a genius mathematician who, is, who helps uh, figure out uh, the, the launch of the friendship seven i believe yep. was was the launch um and other launches and helped you know the the u.s space program and helped them us get to the moon and the whole thing um but this story is like her origin story quote unquote in nasa um and the first launch that she assists in and she's like she's brilliant completely brilliant but obviously this is taking place during a time of segregation and fights for civil rights and so it deals with the struggle of someone like her you know being so brilliant and who would have so much more of a uh, prominent role in the space race she kind of has to fight to to have that role and you know it deals with kind of how nasa was even segregated and and things of that nature right so like kind of going back to definitely a disney feel to it like you said oh without a doubt it's a it's a disney feel it's a feel good and that's kind of what i think yeah yeah takes away from the movie a little bit it's that and the um like all the people that they have in it because i yeah it gets a little like too cutesy and a little all right a little like white savior e quote unquote interesting where you have like really what's happening but they don't present it in this way it's more of a like you got to read between the lines is that the success that is coming for these women the way that it's kind of being presented is really Mm -hmm. like they're being allowed Okay. To okay. Do these things because they provide something that the white people in charge want so they can right. excuse the fact that, that they're they black are. in order okay. to get the things that they want. That is an interesting uh, description because it's not taking away from the message. You're talking about the delivery. I'm talking about the delivery. Yes. I know what yeah. the intention of it, right. of the movie was that like, Oh, to, con- to be able to overcome systemic racism. And, right. you know, you, they, they were so talented and the story went untold and needs to be told because like, this was incredible what these women did and they weren't recognized enough. And maybe that was intentional in the way that they made this film to kind of make it seem that way. Cause literally, the, the women in this film are, you know, they it's more of the, 
like they kind of present this as like, oh, we're, you know, we're coming together and the white people are figuring it out and start right. to like the the black people. But really it's just like they have something that they need. They need. Right. And that's kind of like under the 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 radar, the catalyst to why they quote unquote are okay with okay. that now. So like you have Kevin Costner who mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, apparently, his character is based on a multitude of characters. Yeah. I don't know what his character does. Literally, he's in an office, but he doesn't, and he's in charge or whatever. Right. He's everyone's superior, but I don't know if he does anything. Um, you need a supervisor. Yeah, that's fine. But he's like, uh, anyways, so we don't know what he does, except, you know, he's in charge. And right we don't get much background on him, but apparently like he, he makes this grand, um, I guess gesture when, um, when Catherine says that she has to walk half a mile to the right different campus in order to go to the bathroom. Cause there's a colored bathroom there and there, there isn't one here. And he right. knocks down the sign of, of the, that bathroom. Like that to me was very like, look how like look how great the white person is for doing <laughs> Kevin like Costner you know what i mean like the yeah. white savior aspect of it yeah or you have um kirsten dunce is very like oh i don't know how i feel about you octavia spencer and then at right. the end like they kind of become friends and she gives her the supervisor role that she had been wanting like it's all like stuff like i feel like this movie was created to make white fe- people feel better interesting a little bit and like i did look to see like okay who wrote this who directed it and yeah come to see of course white people wrote this movie and directed it right okay like it was less about like the actual struggles and what was going on and more like again they disneyfied it where it's like okay it's feel good and now everyone's conquering racism and these people who were racist aren't really racist anymore and like all this stuff. But I just, that was kind of how I was thinking about it. Maybe I'm too cynical or whatever it is, but that was like, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a good movie. It was a fun time. It was a feel good story, but I think all that stuff was kind of lying underneath it. That's an interesting analysis of that film. I, the only thing, like, I, I, I guess I could agree with you on a lot of that, but I would say that the cast, you know, you said that maybe some of the names took you out of it. I would, I would say that the collection of cast members and levels of stardom in that film worked more so than other, like earlier we referenced GI Joe mm-hmm. and not that The Rock is a bad actor, but right, since right, right. since he became kind of this mega hit, when he's in something, he's The Rock in something. Right. As opposed to like, like he did a movie Walking Tall, you know, where he was like really acting and doing that. You know, now he's just kind of like The Rock in something. Um, you know, and then he was acting alongside Bruce Willis in the sequel or whatever it was. And they, you know, that was just... Like this, this is a different kind of collection than that. So no, I I agree with that. I think it's more so like 
because they have this person cast in the role that yeah. dictated what they did with the characters and the movie. So like they uh, can't have them so, go yeah. full blown racist because we have Kevin Costner and Kirsten Dunst and Jim Parsons right. where like to me, like Jim Parsons character, for instance, he's probably the most overtly, but again, all of the racism in this movie is like, Sublim not subliminal but like they're trying Subdued. to like pretend that they're not but they are type yeah. of things so that it's very like it's it's not like overt and in your face so right. he was kind of the most outwardly against Catherine, right? right and then in the final scene you see he brings her a cup of coffee like there was that mutual respect right. all of a sudden like he had to even have that where like i feel like those things didn't need to happen like you could have probably just showed, didn't like, in these... real life yeah oh that definitely didn't happen in real life right. Right. so like these people were definitely still racists you know i don't yeah. know if all of a sudden because she could solve math equations like the only person that i believed <laughs> in this movie that like wouldn't have actually been a full-blown racist is um glenn powell's character the astronaut because yeah. from the beginning he's saying he's impressed with with Catherine um and her ability to like uh, how skillful she is and how smart she is and like when he's greeting all the people when he's first being introduced as one of the astronauts and he's greeting all of the um the the employees of nasa he goes over to Catherine's group and shakes their hands and asks how they're doing and it's not like in a uh, like underlying motivation type of way it was just like genuine right. uh, him i was like okay he would he's like a real person he wouldn't have actually been racist everyone else i feel like they would have been but they had to uh, whether it's because of the actor because it was like disneyfied or whatever it is they had to make it seem like they were like quote unquote cured of their racism. Okay. Because of yeah. how I don't know how That's smart Catherine as well. yeah. was. I gotcha. That makes sense. Anyways, that was my little spiel. Interesting. Yes. Well, yes, I, so like let's talk about the wire because you ended talking about reality and it's this is <laughs> yes. so uh, steeped in in the real. Um, it's 2002, so it's a different world. It's a completely different world from where we live now. It's interesting. There's like it, a wire is completely different now too, right? Right. Like right. they're using like flip phones and flip phones, phones, physical wire, and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's and and let's go talk about the cast. Dominic West mm -hmm. is you know lead character. Now I was not like aware of Dominic West before okay. diving into this. I, I know he was in um, one of the Punisher movies that was not really a big hit. He was in Chicago. Yep. Uh, but I like, I wasn't a Dominic West person, uh, but he, he was, he sells the show. Like he does a good job. I won't bury the lead. I like the show. Awesome. I like the show. Um, and I don't like police procedurals. I cannot sit through yes. a MCU or a DMV or a whatever S it is. SVU. SVU. I Law can't order. Well, order. what's good about this is that it's not a procedural. It's right. about police and stuff, but it's not a procedural. It's serialized. It's serialized. Yeah. And, and that helps. 
because yeah, the other stuff is mind numbing. This, you know, and and the characters are all interesting. The detectives, the the drug dealers, the everybody, um, the people. I'll shout out, you know, John Duman, who plays uh, the department uh, commissioner. Mm-hmm. He's he was, I think he was Falcone in Gotham. Yeah, he's Commissioner uh, Rawls. He plays Rawls. In the tremendous, liner. tremendous. Um, Wendell Pierce. Yes. A- excellent. He's and so good. I was recognizing people as I was watching the show, and I was like, I know him, I know him, yeah. and I was trying to think. And he has kind of been uh, coming back recently. He's been in things. He tends to play cops as well, but like he was a horrible boss. He's in Selma. Um, but he's, you know, he, he, he goes back. He's a, he's a good character actor. Like he's good to have in a, in a show, in a movie, he does a great job. And in this show, he's tremendous. Uh, the other two is obviously like, I won't spend a lot of time talking about, uh, um, oh my God. Uh, I can't think of his name. He's like the main guy they're going after. I can't think of his name. Uh, um, oh, the guy Elba. that they're going after. Idris Elba. Oh, yeah. Um, I won't talk a a lot about him. We're familiar with Idris Elba. But Frankie Faison, acting commissioner, he's tremendous. Frankie Faison, uh, do the right thing. He plays Burrell. Plays Burrell. He's just an amazing actor. Now, the lead female detective uh, is doing a great job now. I think it's Sanja or Sonia. Son, I guess. Sonya. Um, yeah, her her name. I it actually might be Sonia, Son, but she plays Kima. She plays Kima. So yeah. Detective Kima doing an amazing job. Um, I love the characters. They built a, a, a excellent unit together. Five seasons, but only sixty episodes. I noticed. Yes. As I'm watching it, the guy. So as I'm watching it. It's a you know it's a show they're trying to in Baltimore and this show does no favors for Baltimore whatsoever. No, it does not. No favors. No, it does I, not. I was reading up on it. I understand that even the mayor of Baltimore at the time was like, "Please leave, like yep. don't film here. Stop making your show." Um, it's about the drug scene in Baltimore. Uh, we talked about systemic racism before. Uh, we talked about kind of just systemic problems in a community yep. and issues that cause these type of problems, whether you are black, white, or any color of the rainbow. And those issues are all on display in this show um, and dealt with in a seemingly realistic way. So there is, you know, mistrust of the police. There is the, you know, good cops that are dealing with lazy cops that are dealing with some of the time overzealous cops. There's civilians that have misgivings, mistrust, are misinformed. Yep. There are civilians that are suffering because of the status uh, in life that they have due to, um, you know, work positions, well, you know, and, and, and those issues in society that we talked about. So, It was an interesting study in culture and it was also interesting. And I'll kind of end with this, like given that the show aired in 2002, they reference uh, 9-11 and they reference it in that it changed the nature of security 
uh, surveillance and 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 mm-hmm. defense. Yeah, that's a big that. part. Yep. Yeah, and like so, the first episode kind of deals with the feds who had a drug task force. Um, right. And we're kind of taking a large role that are like, listen, it's on you local boys now because we got to go deal with counterterrorism, counterterrorism and national security and all that. So it was just it was interesting to kind of go back in time and look at somebody pull out a beeper, look at somebody uh, dealing with language and jargon we haven't heard in a while. And um, that 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 world that I like, I can't believe it's been so long. It's like 11 years ago. I was like, Oh I my know. God, I remember and, that world. And I think I do want to note too. And I, as you watch more and stuff, like a lot of the issues that are being presented from almost 20 years ago. Yeah. They are, they still apply yes. to today. Like, yes, especially Not you look at the treatment of, of police yeah. Or the, uh, on the community, how, how they treat the community or how they treat potential criminals or just criminals in general or, or just people in general. It's, it's very much like it, you understand what people are protesting and upset about today. Because sure. um, I, I, I just recently did a rewatch pretty much all of quarantine of this show. Oh, okay. um, so it's pretty fresh in my mind. And, and that was something that I kept thinking like, oh, wow, like they, they got this, like, oh, they were talking about this and calling this out 20 years ago. And it's still having to be called out today. Like they were almost a little ahead of their time, like in that aspect on how like the system works and, you know, really get into as you watch the show and get further into it, they really illustrate how it's just all a cycle a continuing cycle that has just been moving for so long that it would take so much to fix it you would have to basically start over you have to start because everyone is just getting stuck in this or or caught in this cyclone that has been continuing on and on Um, i do want to give a shout out also to a couple other people there's uh clark peters who plays lester freeman mm-hmm. he's i don't know how far along you've gotten into it what episode okay. you're on um but he's great and his his character develops and does a does a great job uh, yeah. um bubbles bubbles is one of the best characters in tv and you're gonna let just like come to love him as as time continues um, you may have just been introduced to him, but this is the this is a really big one. He's probably the most popular character on the show. Is um, Omar Little, played by Michael K. Williams? Oh yes, um, well I'm aware of that actor. He's tremendous. Okay, so I don't know if he's been introduced yet. Um, Not yet. In the episodes, I'm about okay. I'm about three, maybe three or four episodes in. Gotcha. I couldn't. You know, I was trying so, to get through a whole season. This isn't. I'll really tell you like- what. The actor you have not mentioned is Lance Reddick. Oh, I'm getting to him. Oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, so I will say just leaving off the Omar Little part, I'm not giving anything away. Right. I, this show, like, I don't think got credit for it at the time, but he basically plays the Robin Hood of the show. Right. So he's like... He's a criminal, but he's committing crimes against other criminals. 
and that that's his whole thing. And he, they, they were able to make a character. So he is obviously that, but he's also gay and very outwardly open so and open about it. And they, you know, they show that he has relationships and all that, but right. somehow that like they were able to make that character and he's gay, but that is a completely secondary to what you think about that character. It was really like a, a big step forward that I don't think gets recognized a lot. Um, That's fair. Because he's like legitimately the coolest character on that show. Yeah. And he happens to be gay. And you right. don't think of that when you're thinking like, oh, Omar, he's so awesome. Like, and everyone on the show, all, all the, the in the community, like the current, they're scared of him. Like he holds right. this presence in the community, despite the fact that it doesn't matter that he's gay. So that, totally that was a really cool aspect that they did. Um, and yeah, Lance Reddick. Like we said, oh. he plays Cedric Daniels. He's great. Tremendous. Um, and Wood Harris plays Avon Barksdale. Correct. Now, those two... So, like, I, I, I can revisit Wood Harris. Here's the thing about Lance Riddick as a, as a human person. He looks strange. <laughs> Like he just, and I know it's not, it's not my best critique. And I, I take okay. pride in like really analyzing film and TV and like having something to say about it, but he's mesmerizing to watch because he looks almost like he's always on the verge of, I don't know what, like, like he's going to fall apart or, or, if someone pulls the thread out of his ear, he will unravel. Like, and his eyes—he's got like these huge eyes. He's very—he's very intense. Intense. And he plays characters that are all very stiff. Yes, that that's it. He plays stiff characters that, in in as he flips the big eyes at you, I feel like he's got inner dialogue in his mind. <laughs> that he's saying with his eyes that's not being said with his mouth. And he just, for some reason, that's the character I'm like most fascinated with so far in the four episodes. I'm like, he just, whenever yeah. he's on screen, I'm just interested in whatever he's doing. Well, I'm, so. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I know it's, it's a very slow paced show, but you get, the the character development in the show is incredible and the oh, yeah. dialogue is amazing have you got have you seen the um I'll, i guess i'll i'll censor myself the the f scene where where they're walking through the crime scene no oh and the, all they're they're yeah. walking through the crime scene it's um dominic west and and wendell pierce his partner the right. apartment and they, they go back to revisit a crime scene. Oh no, no. I, I think I know what you're talking about. I I've been there the first time where they find the body. No, this is different. This is in an oh. apartment. This is like a cold case. No, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. There, there's a scene that it's like one of the greatest scenes in the wire. Yeah. Um, you should know what I'm talking about where Dominic West and Wendell Pierce, they go to an apartment 
and that's been like it's not a crime scene anymore it's been cleaned up and everything and they go back to it to like look back into something and it's it's widely known as the f F scene right scene okay um you'll know it i will i'll know it when i I believe i I think i i looked it up it should be in episode four so if when you get to episode four um okay that will be where where you see where i discover that it's Ah, it's funny it's incredible i'm in i'm in Um, on the wire okay well let's get into this week's suggestions yeah what uh what do you what do you got for me this week well why don't you go first i mean well let me ask you this let me ask you okay uh the next time we convene it will be march correct yes that's correct and we have this so essentially we have two weeks before saint patrick's day is this accurate uh yep i think so. roughly would you like uh, an irish themed film now or later um i guess let's save it for later okay save it for later so then why don't you mess you up that's fine why don't you give me yours first okay well first i would like to because we haven't done this in a while what Uh what are you in the mood for oh well i guess i need some comedy to balance out my wire watching some comedy yes or you know light lightness some kind of either rom-com or general comedy to something balance light okay balance the dock so i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you something lighter that came out i'm just checking to see where it is streaming but i believe this is streaming somewhere when i put it on my list i checked but it's Mm. been a little bit since i put it on my list so i want to make sure Okay, so this movie is streaming on Netflix. It is a rom-com. Yes. Um, it's starring uh, Domhnall Gleeson and Rachel McAdams, who Rachel McAdams is very, you know, very well known for her romantic movies. I enjoy a Rachel McAdams book. Um, so this movie is called About Time. Okay. And I think it's appropriate because we recently watched Groundhog Day. And this is basically about um, Domino Gleason's character. He's in love with Rachel McAdams' character. And he, uh, without like giving too much away, he is able to repeatedly go back in time to try to do things over and, and win her heart okay so and it was a it was a it was you know it was a cute movie it was a good it was enjoyable it was a good movie um and as someone who likes rom-coms i think you'll enjoy this and i don't want to like get too into what it's about because i don't want to like just tell you the whole movie i can support that all right I i like that very much all right sir i will ask you the same question are you in the mood for uh, high drama. Are you in the okay. mood for um, comedy or um, slash rom-com or uh, action of some sort? 
Hmm. Or uh, are you in the mood for um, something off the beaten path? I think I'm in the mood for action. Action, says you. Yes. Okay. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So I have a couple of choices here. I need to, uh, I needed to pivot because I had something queued up, but in the vein of action. Okay. Have you seen, and it's, uh, what, hmm. Trying to determine. I'm trying to be in a different mood if you need. No, no, no. I'm trying to. Or you could just. Why don't you just give me whatever? If you have like some options, give me whatever the best movie is out of those options. Well, in your opinion. In my opinion, see that's that's rough. That's rough. That's a rough question. Well, so my the what I was gonna my action I was gonna give you. Feeds into a little Irishness, uh, but okay. But I fear you may have seen it because I know that this is something that I think I think you were like a watcher of this back okay. in the day, and I know we were a fan. Um, have you seen a clear or clear and present danger? I have not. It's Harrison Ford. He's playing Jack Ryan. No, I have not seen Clear and Present Danger. Okay. It is available on Amazon. Okay. I, A, it's tremendous. So Harrison Ford, I think the only actor so far who's played uh, Jack Ryan more than once in a film. Yes. Okay. Not just a... Uh, you know, TV series, they've done things differently now. Um, it's gone through everybody. Ben Affleck did it at one time. Mm-hmm. But essentially, uh, Clear and Present Danger was CIA analyst Jack Ryan, and he's drawn into an illegal war fought between the U.S. government and Colombian cartel. Now, right. the Irishness was going to be, there is a uh, Harrison Ford film that deals with the... IRA, mm-hmm. but this has more action. So I'm foregoing my Irish tinged Harrison Ford and I'm going towards clear and present danger. Okay. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's Harrison Ford. You're definitely going to feel like, uh, for this is a reference only me and you will get, but it's our show. Okay. You're going to feel like you're sitting in the rocking chair at the shore, you know, or sitting on that old white carpet yeah, yeah, watching yeah. that old TV. Yeah. That's what you're going to feel like while you're watching this movie. I love it. I love it. That's okay? a good vibe. We got the video from Blockbuster and brought yeah. it to the basement. That's what you're going to feel like. Love it. Okay. I'm excited for it then. All right. All right so I'm going to watch Clear and Present Danger. Neil, you're going to watch About Time. Certainly. Am. And... We have a big episode of WandaVision coming up. It's the penultimate episode. We're going to talk about that next week. And we are going to get into a little bit more rolling or trolling, I'm sure. So uh, thank you, everyone, as always. 
for those of you that are listening, uh, for those of you that have just joined us, uh, please stick with us. If you if you liked what you hear, uh, you can subscribe, rate, review, wherever it is that you're listening. We're available everywhere. Podcasts are available, including Neil's website, cluedtothescreen.com. That's glued, yes. the number two thescreen.com and with that Neil, what do you got to say to the people? Stream on everybody. Stream on everybody.